Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies. So if you have a business that you provide a service or you are a coach and you're looking to book more clients, you're definitely going to want to pay attention to this episode today. We have Haley Rowe with us. She, um, that's what she does. Her bread and butter is helping you to book more clients, grow your business online through a, a sounds like a variety of different ways. So we're going to learn what all of those ways are. Um, so definitely you'll want to pay attention. So thanks Haley for being with us. Thank you for having me ladies. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I think this will be good. This will be good. A lot of people will want to, I feel like take away some good information. I know I already got my notepad ready. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> let's learn. Awesome. So, so you are, you're in Chicago, mm-hmm. right? And that's where you, but you can work with clients anywhere. Doesn't matter. And you've been coaching a long time, sounds like. I have. I've been coaching since 2010 in different ways. Um, before it was cool. But yeah, before it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Before, okay. And how, how did you get started in coaching, I guess, first? Yeah, good question. So I started as a health coach and I was teaching, starting to dabble in wellness because I realized I needed to. I was always like the theater person and the artsy person. And I realized I need to take care of my health, never in sports. And so I started wanting to teach fitness classes. I got my personal trainer certification. Then I expanded into nutrition and got my nutrition specialist certification and my behavioral change habits certification and all these things. And I was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to coach people. I love this. I like the one-on-one interaction. I also like in teaching in like group settings. Right. And um, I also started selling fitness DVDs to go with that. So that, it was like a lot. You were on, that you were on? No, no, no. Uh, actually, that? no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was selling just, you know, I was yeah. not in them. So anyways, I really liked that. And I was pretty young when I first started and I had to go to college eventually. And I had a legal guardian yeah. sign all my documents oh, to be able to start a coaching business. You were and young. <laughs> I, um, I was. I went to college and majored in entrepreneurship because I knew I wanted to be able to grow my coaching business and I had no business background. Yeah. So that's when I fell in love with business, marketing, sales, all of that. And yeah. after college, I decided to shift gears a little bit because I did love business and just as much or more as health. And so I wanted to combine the two passions. So I started working at wellness startups in their business development and marketing departments. So I kind of put my coaching on hold during that time. I had a blog and all the things and I kind of just let it go because I was working at these startups and it was going crazy and my time was limited. And eventually what happened was one of the startups that I worked at, entire team got let go. They were having a lot of struggles. They were facing a lot of problems as far as the city that they were developing their center in and over-purchasing things and over-hiring, etc. So the whole team got let go. And I realized my one regret was I totally let my coaching business go. And I had to kind of start from scratch. And so when I started from scratch, I was like, you know, there's something interesting here. What I learned at the business side of things, they're not teaching it to wellness coaches or coaches in general at all, really. So I realized I could take the business stuff that I knew and learned and put it into a framework for coaches to grow their business. And that's kind of how I restarted and what I've been doing the last, I would say about three years, two to three years. Yeah. 
Oh, that's great. Because that's, yeah, I mean, I think that's just anybody is like an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you're just kind of like picking and choosing and like you see what worked and didn't work. And that's really the beauty of like creating your own thing. So that's really cool that you looked at it. Right. And took it as a lesson instead of, you know, this happened to me, like sucks. And now I got to go back to the drawing board and what do you do? And you took that and built the whole business around it. That's really, that's really inspiring. Thank you. I appreciate that. It really, looking back, like at the time I thought it was terrible. My life was over. I was so sad. (laughs) What am I going to do? And now looking back, I'm like, that is one of the best possible things that ever could happen because I was young and the worst thing that you think could happen in your career had already happened to me getting fired. (laughs) So I was like, wow, nothing's holding me back now. The worst has already happened. I can just, there's not, and, and you also realize there is really like a lot of people cling so hard to their jobs, which don't get me wrong. I am a proponent of keeping your day job until you know your business is like solid. But at the same time, people think, oh, it's so safe. It's so safe. I don't even need to have a backup plan or whatever. But it's really not. Like any, you could get let go in a second. You're replaceable, especially with the world we're in today. So that's another thing I took away from it. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing, like we we look at it like the day jobs kind of, and, and I'm just using that as like, you know, typical, like the nine to five kind of things, the day jobs. And we look at it as like security because we become so complacent and comfort comfortable with relying on the check and the benefits and the, you know, the status and whatnot. But like you said, the rug could be ripped right out from you, underneath you and you don't have a backup plan. And I think that forces people into you know, becoming entrepreneurs, not necessarily because they have a desire to, but it's about becoming the best to survive. And that's like that survival mode. And and I think we've all kind of similar, like I know Aaron had experience, I've had experiences in that as well. And when we look back at like where we, how we got to this position and really look at it as like the biggest blessing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, if you want security, man, you better break a, break a law and get into prison. Oh no. <laughs> the only security is maximum security. So... Oh. <laughs> Choose where you want to be. That's scary. I think it's so true though too. And we talk about it a lot often too. And it depends on where you're at in your business and what kind of business and what stage where you're scaling it to. But if you fail even in your business or you like, I've lost a lot of money before too, but it's like, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter, you know, especially like, I like what you said, because I'm a big proponent of that also. Like I tell a lot of people to like, keep your job until you're... Mm -hmm business. You know what I mean? Or, or if yeah. you can scale back a little bit at a time or mm-hmm. whatever, there's a ton of different options. Like I serve busy money around yeah. the building. You know what I mean? So people are going to figure out what works, but I just think people are so afraid to mm-hmm. lose money. You know, and it's like you've gone to something so tight and then you, you've no, you don't really have control of it anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let it go people. Doesn't well, and matter. I also think there's two different types of people. Like there's the kind of person who needs to take a leap and cut ties with their job and be freed and have the time and like plunge and go all in. And they love that. And they ride off of that. And then there's the people who, if they did that, they would feel so desperate, needy, like contracted, just the freaking out. And that energy would not go very well in their business. Right. If you're in sales, yeah, people can tell you need them. 
I don't want to work with a desperate person. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. There's always like the pendulums and the different outliers. I always think of like, people always want to use the story like um, Sylvester Stallone when he was like writing Rocky and he got rid of everything. He lost his dog, like all this kind of stuff. But that's what motivated him to keep building, but Mm -hmm. or keep going and growing and fighting for what he wanted. But exactly what you said, so many people would, they would die in that scenario. There's no Mm -hmm. way they would ever do it. So I guess it's a lot of self-awareness and figuring out where you fit and what works for you, but still have a little bit of, nothing's going to be free and easy and fun. So there's going to be a little bit of fear always. There's going to be something to give up, but find out what that threshold is for you. And then next time push a little further. Right. I agree. But I wanted to go back to when you were saying, so like, so starting, so you saw, okay, I know how to do, do nutrition and health coaching. You already knew how to do that. Then you learned from business how to do marry so you could like marry those two almost mm-hmm. so what did that look like in the beginning so you just got fired so I'm sure your family and friends are probably like don't you want to go find another job what are you mm-hmm. doing or whatever because I imagine there's a time span where you weren't making money you had to start over so oh, yeah I mean for sure there was a period where I was working all over the place. I was doing yeah. a lot of little side jobs yeah. and trying to squeeze in my business time. And I had to learn how to be really efficient with my time because I was, there's a lot of mental switching costs. <laughs> Meaning I, one minute I would be training and teaching a class and teaching somewhere. Another minute I would be working for a wholesale department at a wellness startup and trying to get them wholesalers. Like, so it was, yeah. and then I'm trying to grow my coaching business. So it was a lot. So yes, number one, my family and friends, my family and friends were supportive of me. And lucky for me, like my dad, one of his things that he's told me and said several times is like, one of the things I wish I would have done when I was younger, when I still had the chance before I had a family, before I was like anchored into some really big expenses and crazy, like in my daily life, I wish I would have taken more risk. I wish I would have tried my own thing because you know, once you get it's, it becomes a whole lot harder. Once you have kids, you are kind of really responsible for other, a lot of other people. So he kind of encouraged me to do it and, and really go for it. So I'm really grateful for him. And that beginning stage was super messy because number one, I didn't know how to manage my own self. Like I wasn't used to being my own boss at the time. So I'd be like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't, I have to come up with what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) And, you know, sure, when I was younger and running my blog and all that, I kind of built a momentum, but I lost that. So I was really starting over. So there was a lot of confusion. And this is what I think a lot of my clients go through too. When they contact me, they're saying like, I'm downloading every free training. I'm doing all these free webinars, trying to piece it all together. I don't know the right order. I'm, I'm like trying to market myself to everybody. And so in the beginning, I was making a lot of those mistakes too. I was spending money on a really fancy website that I did not need to have at that point in my business, rather than just having like a simple landing page and getting that going and starting to book clients using that. I was trying to be too general. So I was trying to talk more about habits and it's for everybody and I can help, you know, and I wasn't being niche specific. I was like I said, doing things out of the wrong order and following through on nothing and just kind of like being a scatterbrained, shiny object syndrome person. <laughs> and I just didn't have a lot of clarity about like my strategy. I was just kind of hoping people would find me, people would connect with me, 
And that's the other biggest pitfall I see coaches doing is like, I just am going to post and put myself out there and I'm going to hope that people come and reach out to me. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, first of all, if you're not doing paid advertising, good luck. And second of all, like if you, if you're doing organic marketing, you got to be very engaged and you have to talk to people and build relationships and have a process and like nurture them. And so, yeah, those are some of the biggest things that had to shift for me and that I see a lot of my clients falling into. So you talk about like all this overwhelm, right? And so I know that there is, and I I always call it noise. There's so much noise out there. And when you're you're lacking the clarity, so clarity and confidence, right? And so when you're very crystal clear on where you're going and what you're doing, you're confident in your direction. It's where when we're thrown all this noise is because we're mismatched with the clarity. And so it just creates overwhelm and confusion. What are some pieces of advice that you would suggest or to give to somebody in that kind of zone? Since I know that they're... I mean, we are just bombarded. Mm-hmm. I mean, you scroll on Facebook and you see like seven other marketing techniques and you're like, which one do I choose from? And then you grab them all and then you're just like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where to go. So you just, you're paralyzed, right? Yeah. And so what, what would you say in so, to something like that? Yeah, that's a good question. And there's a few things I would say. Um, number one, in the show notes, I will share with you my free Overwhelm Masterclass and it will guide you through what to do when you have so many different decisions to make and options to go with your marketing and with your life in general and planning your week. So it will help you guide, you know, go through that. And there's also a cheat sheet to go with it and it's free. But second, what I would say is consistency with the basics that are going to move you forward the most is really important. And I also have a free consistency challenge. It's at haleyrow.com slash consistency. But what I have found, and here's what I... I'm going to make a note to send that to you. <laughs> but anyways, what I found is... I teach this kind of framework that allows your brain to wrap around like what you're trying to do as an online coach. And it's called the FAST method, okay? And so F stands for followers and traffic because you need that as a business owner to have leads, right? And so the way that you get that traffic can be a variety of ways. It could be, you know, you really focus on Instagram and Facebook and sharing value and getting shares and comments and likes and engage in Facebook groups and all that. It could be you choose Pinterest. It could be that you choose paid advertising like Facebook ads or whatever, which I would never do unless you already know something that works organically and you can just take that and put paid marketing behind it. But so the bottom line is you first need traffic. And most people don't keep track of that or they don't have enough coming in every week. The A stands for action. And what I mean by that is you have to have your audience ready to take action and book a, if you're a coach, a free intro call with you or a free discovery call with you, because that's the next step to really nurture them and and take a warm or hot lead to actually being a client. So when it comes to action, that means giving calls to action in your posts. That means nurturing people in messaging and, and direct outreach in a way that compels them to eventually want to book a call with you. It can work in a variety of ways, but you need them to be driven to take action. And the other thing you need for them to take action is urgency. So if your offer is not that cool for people, meaning it's like it's nice and it's inspiring and it seems cool, but it's not like, oh my God, my life needs this and I'm really in a lot of pain with this struggle and can you fix it for me? Then you're going to struggle if it's not urgent. So you want it to make sure that it's important to them. The S stands for sales. 
Okay. And that just means you have to be able to overcome your sales fears, be confident on discovery calls, be confident in what you're offering, have social proof, have a process that your sales process essentially. So for coaches, that's mainly discovery calls. However, if you have courses or programs or memberships or things like that, it could be like, you know, maybe you have a wait list and you have a funnel, an email funnel that they get and they, you know, have a, you have a whatever. Like it can be a variety of ways, however you run your sales process. But for most people, the simplest way is, is calls. And then the T stands for transformation and time. So I have two T's. <laughs> and when I say transformation, what I mean by that is you have to be transforming your clients' lives so that you get good social proof and you get more clients and you get referrals. You also have to be transforming yourself as a business owner all the time because you can't rely just on algorithms. You, can't, you have to be a valuable person and growing yourself and stepping into who you need to be to be a valuable coach and be able to charge premium rates and be like really awesome, right? So that's the transformation piece. Personal development is a big part of growing your business as well. I'm sure you guys know. And then time is um, time management. So you got to be really careful about what you pick to spend your time on. And going back to what I said earlier about being consistent with the basics, you have to decide what the key success indicators are for your business and make sure you're doing those every week regularly and tracking. So in other words, one of if you're a coach, that might be how many discovery calls a month and what's your conversion rate from those and how many no-shows and blah, blah, blah. If you're a service provider where it's you don't do calls, it's more like you need foot traffic or whatever, you can track it a different way. And it might be more based on like how many referrals are you getting or what's your Google, Yelp. Maybe you use Yelp as a main... Whatever. You just have to decide your main basics and consistently work on them every week. So that's kind of to organize, I guess, the question about when you're overwhelmed, what do you focus on and what does it all mean? And what's like the long-term vision? That, in a nutshell, the FAST method is kind of what I teach because there's three things. And this is another thing that I teach is traffic, clients, and closes. Those are the three things you need for your business to be sustainable. Okay. So I got questions off of all those. Mm -hmm. All right. So action, right? You want to get on a call with somebody. What Mm -hmm. would you say if if someone was a coach or they were a new coach or whatever is a a normal... I feel like people could get on calls and they talk two hours and that person's not going to sign up. So you don't want to waste your time. So totally. Yeah. Is a good amount to like gauge, is this worth my time or not? Absolutely. So there's a few things. One, you could have an application form for whatever you decide your call is going to be called, meaning your discovery call or your free strategy call or your nutrition consult initial session or whatever. Mm-hmm. And on that application form, you can ask things like, what are your top three goals? What are your top three struggles? Are you looking to invest in working with a coach? Yes or no? And then give a range of your pricing, like lowest end course to highest end coaching package. Scale, if you're not willing to invest or if you're not able to invest, are you willing to find the resources to invest? Because sometimes they might not be able to or it might be scary, but maybe they have somebody who they can borrow money from or somebody supporting them in this decision or whatever. So you want to ask questions like that and scale one to 10, how motivated are you, et cetera. And when you look at that, you can say if they're ranking their goal on a scale one to 10 or how committed they are in that question, like a two, then okay, this is not a good call for you. And you can send an email and say like, you know, I looked at your form. I'm not sure for the right fit. 
I know you weren't really super motivated. Like, let me know if there's anything I can help you with or that would change that. But I'm lucky to talk to people who are interested in changing their life. (laughs) Right? Um, So that's one thing. The other thing is there's two different... You don't have to... You can be smart about how you do calls. So one of the things that I teach is how to run your discovery calls, how to overcome common concerns and objections, how to warm people up before the call, meaning what do they need to know, see, understand, so they're not like a stranger when they come to a discovery call. And so that's important, but not all calls are going to be discovery calls. Sometimes people need an intro call that's short and you can pre-qualify them yourself and you can see if, if they might be a fit and not spend two hours with them. You could spend 15 to 20 minutes and just have an intro like meeting somebody at a cocktail party type of call. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that because the thing that a lot of coaches don't, either they're not willing to have those calls because it's a waste of time. But if you're new, you need volume first before you can refine like, who am I, who's this audience of like, what's missing? What are they not getting? Like, you need volume first before you can refine. Like, like practice calls, kind of. Yeah. Yes. Practice with them or... And sometimes you just never know too, like time. I'm a big believer in timing, you know? So mm-hmm. someone might really, really like you and they're just not in that space. They're ready to invest yet, but they remember they had a great call with you and liked you. So when they're ready, they're going to come back. Oh, it's so true. It's happened all the time in my business. I've had people, if calls with six months ago, they're finished, they're doing some project or they're, you know, working with some other thing or whatever. And then later they'll come and, and sign up. So, and, and the statistics show literally in marketing, like people need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. They need like eight to 11 touch points. Sometimes if it's a high ticket item, they might sign up for your email funnel, for example, or join your Facebook group or something. But statistically, they're not look. they're just browsing. And within 90 days at the 90 day mark, they're probably going to be ready to sign up for something. Right. So there, I think people get impatient. Like they're like, this isn't working. And they give up and then therefore their business suffers as opposed to knowing that it takes touch points, it takes takes nurturing and you got to kind of get the volume up first and then you can refine. Right. So I had a question though, kind of tiptoeing around that whole like business strategy and coaching and stuff. So what if you're, because like kind of going back from your story, you were into the health and wellness and then business. And then, so like, how do you, do you help clients with those that are like multi-passionate, right? And so Mm -hmm. they have all these, things going on, do you help them hone into to their niche to help them create this framework blueprint? Mm-hmm. Is that something you do as well? Yeah. Do you mean like creating their pro their signature method or their program or something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think because um, I know that there's so many... And even I'm like confused with uh, when I see people's stuff, it's like, okay, well, they're doing this, but then they do this, but then they're doing this. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm not really sure. So yeah. I don't know if that's something that you're able to help because I know that there's so many women out there that we love everything, right? We want to do all mm-hmm. the things, but like we have a <laughs> hard time picking out the one thing. Absolutely. Yes. So I do work with my clients a lot on like narrowing down the key struggles they want to solve for people, their key brand pillars, and they can't pick more than like three to five. Meaning like, let's say you're a health coach and your program covers mindset, nutrition, exercise, gut health, and like spiritual, I don't know, time, time, like crazy busy mom health life. Um, So then those are your pillars. That's what you talk about. And you're known, we do try to get them nailed down to like no being known for one type of thing. Oh, you're the weight loss coach for nurses. Oh, you're the um, yeah. whatever. I keep thinking about nurses and night shift workers. That's what I always use when I'm getting specific about a niche. But, <laughs> but 
But anyways, like we do want them to be known for one thing. And yes, they have a program that encompasses overall holistic wellness, for example. But on the outside and in their elevator pitch, you really want to be known for one thing. So I do help them organize that. Because I do, you're right. I have a lot of people who are like, I can help everybody. And I love so many different things. And part of me is wondering if I should have this thing going on on the side too. And, and so I do help them kind of narrow that down because I'm the same way. And actually I sing in a wedding band on the weekends and stuff too. So I get the whole multi-passionate thing. Right. Yeah. So no, I think, I think that's a, a great common question that I do see amongst other ladies as well. Cause I know the one, especially when they're like, you know, want to start their side business and they have that nine to five and it's like, well, I'm really great at this, but I love doing that. But I feel like I can monetize this. How can I take all of these things into one or should I really not focus on the things I'm so passionate about, but go after, you know, and so all these conversations really come up. And I feel like that's a common struggle with so many women, especially, you know, on the fence of even taking that leap, do they want to pursue entrepreneurial avenue? And so, yeah, I was just kind of curious about that. Cause I know with like business strategy, there's so many different coaches have a different approach to it. And I, I love what you're doing. And just especially like having like this whole framework set out, helping them redefine their, their niche and really mm-hmm. honing in on their message and, finding which one would be the best approach for them. Yeah. So when you have coaches that are like, okay, I, I just decided I want to be a coach. I went and did all whatever, studied all this stuff. And I want to be a wellness coach. So I'm looking at social proof because I never coached mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. So like, what would you tell for new people to get as social proof? I guess like, cause you got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So do you tell them like, have a low price point in the beginning since they're new Mm -hmm. or I don't know what I don't know. I don't know anything about coaches. So yeah, good question. So it's, there's a few ways you can go about this. Number one is you probably, if you went through a certification program, you probably had to practice coaching on each other in the program, or you maybe have friends and family who you've provided advice to before. So you can always ask them for a professional, like, reference or, you know, a professional social proof quote or something, right? The second thing is once you start doing these intro calls where you're giving a little bit of value and you're pre-qualifying them, seeing if they might be a fit for a discovery call, maybe it's like a free mini nutrition consult call, you can get reviews from that too. And you can make those a little longer and juicier if you feel like you need testimonials and ask and ask for them. The third thing is you don't necessarily have to price lower in the beginning. However, a lot of coaches do because they don't feel confident yet enough Mm -hmm. and they want to get, they want to have less barriers and start getting clients as fast as possible. So you could run like a test group or a group that's a little lower price than what you expect it's going to be after you run it and just say, I'm you know, giving you a case study discount, which means you're going to provide... You're going to track your progress. You're going to do everything. You're going to be all in. You're going to give me a video testimonial, but you get this really juicy discount. And that is something you can do as well. I think that would be good too with pricing because I don't know. I just always look at things like just using basketball as an example, since I coach like if I'm going to take my team to like LeBron James basketball camp, I'm expecting to pay one level versus if someone's like a brand new, like, Hey, I'm just starting a basketball camp. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like totally back to be like, so I guess if I were looking at a coach, I would be like, what's, I would want to pay less for someone that doesn't have the 
the accolades of like LeBron, LeBron right? James. Yeah. <laughs> right. But here's the other thing is like, you can, you as a coach, you're in control of how you establish yourself and how you refer to your, like your experience. Because for example, even though I wasn't business coaching when I worked at the health startups, I still have a resume that's like, okay, grew, like hired 17 people and did the recruiting for that. Like, um, group, like organized, blah, blah. Like I have results that I got for them on their team with their team that I, you can leverage. So if you're a coach and you're like, I haven't, like, I don't, I haven't worked with that many clients, but you yourself have lost 40 pounds and kept it off for five years. And you also, I don't know, like some, whatever else you got, <laughs> leverage it, <laughs> milk it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I agree. Like experience comes with time. Confidence comes with time. Yeah. But that said, make sure that you are paying attention to what you have already done for yourself or for your family and friends or that kind of thing that you can work into your story. Right. And I feel like, so this going back to kind of like the reviews and the testimonials and stuff, if you find yourself even in a conversation and you're still kind of given like coaching advice and it's not even like maybe you're not your ideal client or, and it's not a discovery call, but it's just these conversations, it's almost practice for your, your craft, right? And so mm-hmm. I think overall, like we get hung up on that we have to have X people to have social proof that our programs work. But if we take a look at our everyday life, I mean, it might be a coworker that you're working, helping somebody go through. They may not be a paying client, but yet you're still providing a service that would be payable or you, know, you would charge mm-hmm. for that rate. And you could take that and share it on social media as well. Like the other day I was chatting with a client exactly. or a friend. And so you're almost showing the social world that you do this all the time. Like, you know what you're Mm -hmm. talking about. So I think that just kind of getting hung up on, I'm not a coach. I don't even have any clients. I'm just totally paralyzed because I don't have any before and afters to show this testimony that I'm an awesome coach, but I'm an awesome coach because I lost 40 pounds over five years and so on and so on and so on. So Mm -hmm. I think we get too hung up on the, the have, do, be. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And even like, if you give a lot of value on social media and on whatever. And it's your Facebook live, like, Hey, take a screenshot of that. Right. Here you go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. One thing I want to touch on too, before we run out of time, because you said it earlier and I think it's a big, something women are scared of is um, actually making a sale, Mm -hmm. like asking for money from people. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm terrified <laughs> as hell to ask people. I for think money. it's because we just want to give so much and we're like, <laughs> oh, we should have asked for something. And, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. So yeah. what would you tell like new coaches or, or whoever it's like, obviously like anything, it's going to, you just have to do it. It's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Feel weird because it's new. So you just got to put the reps in doing it. But other than that, like, is there yeah. anything yeah. you teach them to do? Yeah, absolutely. So First of all, anytime you see sales as asking somebody for money, you are going to never want to ever sell. sell. <laughs> so I don't see sales as that way. I see sales as Dan Sullivan's, he's um, another entrepreneur. His quote of sales is selling is getting somebody intellectually and emotionally engaged in a future outcome that is best for them or that is like what feels good to them. Okay. So when you're selling a coaching package, especially coaches are selling all the freaking time, whether they realize it or not. Anytime you're trying to get your client to drink more water or 
get out of a toxic relationship or whatever, you are selling. You're coaching them through something and saying, look, this is why you should... like, What's your why for doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, And it's emotional, right? So selling is the same thing. It's like you are getting ready to take the next step with somebody and emotionally, physically, and life-wise transform their life with them. And so you have to, it's part of the process. You have to sell in order to change somebody's life. Sure, they could continue to download all the free trainings and be a free sampler, meaning they stand at the free samples table forever. But do they really get full from that meal at the free samples table? Do they actually like change their like, oh my gosh, I just went to Costco and I went to all three sample tables and now I am full and complete. (laughs) (laughs) I treated myself. No, (laughs) right? So you want them to take, make a whole meal for themselves and nurture themselves and transform their life, right? So the way that as far as selling goes, I see discovery calls as really coaching calls and you're trying to explore the common concerns, objections, what's stopping them and help them see that those things aren't working for them. And also that why they want to change and how you can help them and, and that kind of thing. So, and it's also like there, if you know that you can provide certain results and you have a system and you provide structure and you provide convenience and you save people time and you save people money from you know fad diets, for example, if you're a health coach, then you should have no shame in your sales. Right. Yeah. So I think you just have to have a big belief in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You feel shady. No one's going to buy from you, but you have to have that confidence. Right. I always tell people too, like you can't coach someone that's not on the team, dude. So you got to like show some level of commitment or... Of course. Yeah. They have to have... Outside the gym and watch us practice. Like you're not on the team. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like, think about it. When you guys have a free webinar or something you enrolled in online you're not like that committed to showing up to the webinar. <laughs> you probably don't open the email and you probably don't go to the webinar. <laughs> but if you paid for it and you're yeah. like, this person's counting on me to show up and they want to get me good results and they care, you're probably like, wow, I should probably show up for my coaching session today. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. I think just where you put a price tag, people are going to invest in there as it is. And I think that mm-hmm. women just by asking for money in exchange, it makes them or like a lot of like the sales hangups. It makes them feel like they're asking for something where we're just kind of na- natural, like nurturers and caretakers. So we just want to, mm-hmm. we see somebody is kind of like struggling. We're just like, oh my gosh, here's all the things. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, damn, I should have charged. How do I yeah. like recourse on that? And so having that system, and I know that that's something you help do you mostly work with women? I do. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you would help that woman kind of get over that fear and now like recognizing that was something, okay, you learned from that. How do we correct course moving forward? So next time you find yourself in that situation, how can you turn the conversation so that you can mm-hmm. ask, so you can feel confident right. in closing that sale and then bring them on board? Yeah. And it's the next natural step. And I teach, I mean, to be honest, coaching is an and discovery calls themselves are an art. Like it is like, it is like there is an order. There is some things you want to, you have to be able to overcome their common concerns. Your job as a coach is to hold somebody accountable to their desires. And so if you see your job like that, it's much easier to sell because your job is to care enough to hold people accountable to what they say they want and help them get there. And if you want to keep doing your job as a coach too, 
you do have to sell because this is your job and career. <laughs> and also when you don't, when you're just doing free stuff all the time, you get this like, you're not going to show up as your best self. You're not going to actually feel motivated to rise to the occasion and like be a better coach because you're just like, well, it doesn't matter that much. There's no really like stakes in the game, whatever. And so, and also you start to build this, like a lot of coaches I see start to build like a resentment, like, oh, I hate, like they start to hate their craft at this point, you know? So yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think you take away from the person that wants your services too, because when you give everything for free, they don't, they, you take things for granted. Like you just said, mm-hmm. like you might not show up, but then it's like, I don't know. I, for, the only thing that comes to my mind is kind of like a spoiled kid where you just give them everything, give them everything, give them everything. But then they, so they don't have any actual idea of like value to <laughs> what they're achieving or what they're receiving and how to yeah. like actually use it in their life. So it's almost like doing a disservice to them by just giving them free stuff. Yeah, all. absolutely. So don't do that to people. Right. <laughs> Lots yeah. of lessons in this this interview here. And like, I'm so, I, I took a bunch of notes and I know Aaron's such a note taker as well. So I know that we're running out of time because we could talk about this forever because there's so much to, so much value in this. And this is good. Haley, it really is. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. And so what, so like one kind of wrap everything up, like what's one message that you really want to share with the audience? And then of course, you know, all the details and I, you touch base on a few of the websites. So maybe we could just give like a final recap. And then obviously yeah, we're, listeners, we're going to put all this into the show notes because there is so much to include. So yes, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, this was a lot of fun. And <laughs> second of all, For everybody who is listening to this, I have so many free trainings. And what I'll do is I'll send the free Overwhelm Masterclass to Rachel and Erin so they can share that link. But one of the other ones you can start with is haleyrow.com slash consistency. And that's my three-day consistency challenge. You can sign up there and get a little training on consistency. Um, I'm at haleyrow.com, H-A-I-L-E-Y-R-O-W-E.com. I have a podcast called Health Coach Nation a Facebook group called Health Coach Nation. (laughs) And you don't have to be a health coach to join. It's mainly for a lot of coaches and service providers, but it is called Health Coach Nation because I'm very big on being specific in your marketing. And the last thing I would say too is like, if you are listening and you do want to book a free intro call, this is not a discovery call. This is an intro call to look at your business, learn more about you and what you're struggling with. You can definitely book that. You can email info at haleyrow.com and mention the Confident Woman podcast. And we can set that up. Or you can just go to haleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call and fill out the form. And I'll know, you know, from there. Perfect. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, thank you. It was great having you. And I'm excited for our listeners for all their takeaways. So thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's The Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.